Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Friday Detroit POD cast back on the air. What is the air? We're not really coming through the air, are you? I mean, like, um, maybe if you're streaming, it's coming over like, you know, your broadband wireless phone plan, which you're paying way too much money for. Maybe you've already downloaded it, in which case we're no longer coming over the air. We're just coming off of electrons on your on your computer or your phone or your tablet. But maybe you're also listening to it on a Bluetooth he- headset. Then it's coming over the air from your device, but it's pre-recorded. I'm going really deep here, and I haven't even gotten to my joint that I've had rolled here. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Don't worry about the joint. I'm in California. Uh, Jeremy Reisman is here, the fearless leader at Detroit on Lion. How are you, Jeremy? I'm great. I'm coming through everyone's internet, invisible internet air tubes. I think that's actually how the podcast get to people's ears. I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure yep. that's how it works. That's that. You know what? You're not that, that. That joke's a little too old. You really can't make that one anymore about series of tubes. That that guy's been dead for like 10 years. I don't even know who that was. I thought that was Al Gore. Was a senator. No, no, no. It was some other old senator from like Alaska or something. Uh, Al Gore just invented it then. Sure. Uh, Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan is too young to remember anything about what we're talking about. Yeah, well, interesting you say that, because even though I have no idea what you guys are talking about, I feel a lot of pressure now that we're on Spotify, so I'm really going to try to like pay attention. I'm not going to watch movies with subtitles. I'm not going to grade homework. I'm not going to play Madden. I'm going to really focus on the podcast from now on. You have Isn't my work amazing? for it. One platform, one platform was all it took to change Ryan's mind about his attitude towards the end of this podcast. I feel like we're the big leagues. Uh, we we, we got to get on title and then like suddenly everyone will be doing research and like this is going to get real tight ship if we get on title. I was about to say we might as well state it again in case you didn't listen to the first bite POD uh, first bite podcast. We are now part of the SB Nation's Vox Media podcast network. There's a lot of SB Nation podcasts on there. We are one of them. We are part of the 2018 podcast lineup. This means nothing. If you're already subscribed, you will continue to be subscribed. However, we usually get usually get our podcasts through like Stitcher or iTunes. Now you can get it through Apple Podcasts, through Google Podcasts, Spotify. And of course, the main player will be through the website art19.com. So by all means, check us out on all those platforms. Get your podcast out there. Get your PODcast action. Let's conquer the world. Speaking of conquering the world, or at least in this case, Minnesota. I mean, Wisconsin. I'm running on Bill's. I'm running apparently on Bill's uh, <laughs> geography here. 
The Green Bay Packers, 23, Detroit Lions, 31. And uh, we're just going to start this. We're going to talk about him a little later here, but uh, I'm just going to start assembling this fruit basket we're sending to Mason Crosby. Um, I'm going to start with some wonderful, delicious, just ripe for season Michigan cherries. I think I think that's touching. I think it's it's very heartfelt. It it has it has some geographic, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Geographic ties references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a nice start. We're going to add more to this fruit basket as we go along in the POD cast. But I think the big story of the day is that the Lions took advantage of a lot of problems going on with his Green Bay team in the first half where, I mean, they lost three fumbles, if I recall. Yep. Two by Aaron, Aaron two, two from Aaron Rodgers, I've got to say, which is shocking, and one from Kevin King. And Mason Crosby missed a grand total. If I, let me make sure I'm doing my math properly. Uh, he left 13 points out there that the Packers could have had. He was one for five on field goals and missed an extra point. And I was saying on Twitter, good teams capitalize on those errors. You don't just suddenly turn around, let them make adjustments and let them win the game. The Packers came roaring back in the second half. They outscored the Lions in the second half, I believe, if I'm doing the math right. It was 23 to seven in the Mm -hmm. second half towards the Packers. But they, guess what? They won. Boom. Blouses. That's it. Fly the W, as they say in Chicago. Ew, why would you say that? I don't know. The Cubs are out of the playoffs. I might as well give something for those people to feel good about. Let them feel good about Mitch Trubisky for another week until he throws three interceptions this week. Uh, But yeah, let's talk about the Lions here, because uh, I think you kind of nailed it there, Chris. A lot of people are talking about how the Packers blew this game. Um, I think the Lions deserve more credit than some people are giving them. Obviously, as you mentioned, Packers made a lot of mistakes in this game, but the Lions took full advantage. Um, They were four for four in the red zone. I mean, you've seen this Lions team in the past incur these gifts from other teams and blow them on field goals. And and suddenly it's a nine, nothing game instead of a a 21, nothing game. And, And then they come back in the end and you're like what happened why the Lions do so bad in the second half it's like well no they didn't just do bad in the second half they just didn't do the gifts that they didn't take the gifts that they were given in the first half and eventually when the other team caught up couldn't do anything about it before I let Ryan in here Jeremy you did have a great anecdote because almost immediately after I sent out my tweet saying that there's no excuse for the Lions to win this game when they go into the half 24 to 0 on Green Bay that you know, if you want to be in the big leagues, you have to capitalize on this. You sent out a tweet with some historical uh, conversation going on there about actually, yeah, the Lions have done have blown this kind of stuff before. Absolutely. I mean, I don't need to remind anybody. I don't think what happened on Thursday night a few years ago when the Lions took a 20 nothing lead into the third quarter against the Packers. Um, we, we knew an onslaught was going to come from Aaron Rodgers. He was hinting at it all the first half. I mean, the Packers were moving the ball. They didn't punt once in this game. So you you knew once the turnover stopped, once the missed field goal stopped, the Packers were coming. And so the Lions did all they needed to do in that first half and get out to a big enough lead where turns out 24 points was exactly what they needed overall. But, you know, they also made a couple plays in the second half, which we'll get to later. But I, I think a lot of credit goes to this Lions team for, for pouring it on in the first half because they needed to. Yeah, like crazy stat out of this game. The Lions were nearly outgained by double. They almost, they put up 
a little more than half the yards that Green Bay did. Green Bay put up 521 yards. Detroit only put up 264. Uh, Detroit gets 18 first downs. Green Bay gets 30. And as you say, uh, Green Bay leads time of possession by 33 minutes to Detroit's 26, 40 seconds. And as you say, Green Bay never punted. Ryan, like this is this is a this is a stat sheet from hell. That's totally a bizarro game. Uh, the the thing that I think is most telling is that this is why like football isn't always a box score game. You know, like baseball is a real big box score game. Um, sometimes basketball can be in a sense too, but football, like the stats don't always tell the whole story. Like if you look at just like, take a look at the quarterback comparison, like numbers do lie. Yeah. Number numbers do lie. Right. I mean, Jay-Z said it best men lie, women lie, but numbers don't in this case they do. All right. Matthew Stafford, (laughs) Matthew Stafford was 14 for 26 for 183 yards and two touchdowns. He had a QBR of 58.6. Not anything like mind blowing. I mean, we've seen Matthew Stafford stat lines that look like that at halftime before, right? Like this isn't this isn't anything that necessarily would have blown your doors off. But then you take a look at the other side and Aaron Rodgers, 32 of 52 for 442, three touchdowns and a 64.4 QBR. Aaron Rodgers did not outplay Matthew Stafford in this game by any means, I don't think. No, like you saw it in that first half. Like he started to finally get into rhythm, I thought, in the second half where he started to find, especially uh, especially Devontae Adams, who finishes the game with 140 yards on, ni- um, 40 yards on nine receptions. Mm-hmm. Like Devontae Adams was on fire in the second half. But in that first half, you would see like, what was it? Aaron Rodgers was getting like 10 seconds in the pocket, couldn't find anyone. And then finally, inevitably, one of the lines would collapse on him. And then 50-50 chance that he would just cough up the ball. Like, you never see that out of Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're always expecting Aaron Rodgers to, like, find something in the A-gap and scramble for the first down or finally find someone open or run out of the pocket and and extend the play. And it it wasn't happening for him. Totally. And that was the thing that was the most surprising in the first half. Like, sure, the Lions being up 24-0 was quite a shocker, but... Seeing Aaron Rodgers, like you said, we're so accustomed to seeing him get so much time in the pocket, have time to evade defenders, still make a throw downfield, or you know, use his legs to pick up a first down. That wasn't the case at all. Like Rodgers was holding onto the ball for like an extra beat that re- you know that resulted in two you know two fumbles that ended up in turnovers, and then also there was a play where uh, you know Jared he stepped up in the pocket and Jared Davis got his uh, got his hand on on Rodgers' arm as he was making a forward pass. So. It, it it wasn't the Aaron Rodgers that we're accustomed to seeing. You wonder how much of it is because he's hurt. Uh, you wonder how much of it is because he's dealing with these rookie wide receivers. You wonder how much it is the case because Mike McCarthy and him will just never, ever get along. Um, but you just a completely shocking Sunday, and we haven't even gotten to Mason Crosby yet. We haven't even gotten to the Lions. I, I want to give some credit back to the Lions here. Like, uh, who, who was it, Jeremy, that you think? Because, I mean, just, again... We're we're taking we're taking uh Holmes uh, uh Jay Z's Hove's uh wisdom a little. We we can't take his wisdom because numbers do lie. So I mean I'm looking here and I'm seeing Jared. I mean we saw Jared Davis in action. He got two passes deflected. He got his hands on on Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Okwara had a really good day. I felt like, but why? What was the Lions' defense doing that really shut down Green Bay, especially in that first half? Well, I think in the first half was really the only time you could say that they shut down the Packers' offense because, on in general, this wasn't a great day for the defense. I know they shut out the Packers in the first half, but 
obviously there were Mason Crosby kicks missed. Um, obviously, uh, turnovers kind of helped them out there. But I, I would say the, I mean, the turnovers happened. They were they were forced. They they weren't just given to the lines outside of maybe the uh, the the punt oddity that happened and you know probably a bad call that went the Lions' way. But um, I think you have to give a ton of credit to the way the secondary played in the first half. And it, it sucks because the secondary played got awful in the second half. But especially like Darius saying, Slay, we're going to have to talk about that eventually. Darius Slay, yes. this was not a good day for him. Really rough half for him, or full game, really for for Darius Slay. But we're talking about Rogers sitting in the pocket for ten seconds at a time. It's because he couldn't find anyone open. And granted, we're talking about a Packers receiver core that that was decimated by injury. Basically, only had Devontae Adams out there and a bunch of rookies. But Credit to the Lions. They were beat up in the secondary, too. And and they made Aaron Rodgers hold on the ball forever. And then Romeo Quara and Deshaun Hand, the god, maybe the Lions' best draft pick already from 2018, with a hell of a play, playing defensive tackle, playing nose tackle. Like, this is a guy listed as a defensive end on the roster. Plays nose tackle, beats a double team, sacks Aaron Rodgers, forces a fumble, then scoops up the fumble himself. Like, that play alone is worthy of player of the game. And I, I think he's going to win it in our little weekly polls. But yeah, I mean, I, I would just say the Lions defense was opportunistic in the first half. They, they forced some third downs. They forced some fourth downs, which, you know, they, they deserve credit for that too. They were very much playing bend, don't break. They didn't, as, as much as we can point to Mason Crosby screwing the, the Packers over, give credit to the Lions defense for forcing field goal attempts instead of touchdowns where, you know, even if they were making those field goals, the Lions would have been up, handily in the first half because the I want to scoring touchdowns the Packers sailing for field goal attempts yeah and I want to say some good things about um a couple offensive players but I mean really for most of the day the Lions were giving short field position to the Packers they were giving them opportunities on offense it's just that between the Packers offense being bad and the Lions defense playing with some fire and taking advantage of every opportunity given there wasn't really much chance for them to consolidate on it. So, I mean, like, yeah, you had two early touchdowns for the Lions, but it, it started to really settle down at, at some point, too. Like, again, the Lions offense took took care of some of some uh, opportunities, but what, what did you see out of the offense here? Either of you? <laughs> Nothing? I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I mean, I was just going to no. go and say Kenny Galladay, but hey, go ahead. Go for it. Well, no, I, I was going to let Ryan talk, but no, I, I mean, I thought this was a great day from the offense. I, I know some people might be upset that they kind of took the gas off the pedal a little bit in the second half, but um, like you said, they, they were given short field position a lot in the first half. Um, they took advantage of it. Um, it it's interesting because the game started out a lot like it did in the Cowboys game. Like the offense moved over into Packers territory, then they struggled, they punted, and then they were kind of gifted that. And punt return had a dry start on the one-yard line immediately score. But in that first drive, they also had a touchdown taken away by what I thought was a horrible hands-to-the-face call on, I don't know, they said it was on rag now. It, I've heard that maybe the rest called it on uh, someone else. But either way, I, I watched the play over and over again. I don't see hands-to-face. Either way, this uh, this offense just made plays when they needed to. We can talk about LeGarrette Blunt in his short yardage situations. I think he converted two third and ones in this game and obviously two touchdowns. Um, Lions had a bunch of third down conversions that were really, really important in this game. They had a, a, a really, really important touchdown drive in the second half. And then third and 11, 
Uh, I've talked about this play a couple times on Friday Detroit already this week. Um, facing a third and 11, potentially giving the, the Packers the ball back with a, just under four minutes left. Lines played very aggressively, you know, ran kind of a low percentage play, uh, a, a slant to Golden Tate. They don't make that play. They, they not only give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with a lot of time, but they give them an, an additional timeout to do some work. And instead, Jim Bob Cooter dials up an aggressive play call. They convert and the game's over. And so I just thought the offense made plays when they needed to. And, uh, you know, a lot of credit. To, I think most of the credit for this win goes to the offense. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to fit Ryan in a little bit more. He's trying to play good for Spotify, but we're going to make <laughs> him talk here soon. Uh, we're also going to continue our fruit basket. Let's. Does anyone else want to add anything else to this fruit basket for Mason Crosby before we move on? We're going to talk some more about the man of the hour there. And we are going to talk about what the hell is going on in the third quarter. But first, any fruit? Does yeah. it count? Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Chris, I want to take your cherries and I want to put them into a whiskey, and I want to send him a bottle of Driver City Cherry whiskey because it might Ooh. be it might be hard times for Mason Crosby right Let's now. Let's put the whiskey in there, surround it with the cherries. You still got plenty of room for some bigger fruit here too. But I like the idea of putting some whiskey. It's a, it's a adult fruit basket. We'll be right back. Pride to Detroit, PODcast, moving like a, oh, man, wow. Moving right along, I'm not going to edit that out. We've said we will be proud and upfront with you with all our mistakes as we make them, except for when Jeremy gets mad and tells me to delete something. <laughs> uh, let's see. So right now we have a very empty fruit basket. We've lined it with Michigan cherries. We've got some Traverse City cherry whiskey in here. It's going to the man of the match, Mason Crosby, who was probably the best Detroit Lion on the field in my book, at least. Not about you guys, but uh, <laughs> I mean, let's see other, other than that, like, I mean, before let's, before I get to it, I just want to say, I want to shout out to Sam Martin who got like super fired up after that punt near the end of the game. Oh yeah. He got lit like, after pinning them inside the five. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I get it from his perspective. Like ever since he suffered his injury last year, he hasn't played well. And I'm sure the frustration was mounting. And then, you know, juxtapose it with Mason Crosby's day. It's like, okay, it's a bad day for special teamers, but he should, I mean, he showed up. I think he had five punts on the day and four pinned the, the Packers inside their 20. So um, he, he, he had the right to stunt. He doesn't get to do it very often. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like even Matt Prater was having a rough day. He kicks one for 30. He gets, you know, one in from 39, but he ends up missing one as well. Yeah. But again, all paling next to Mason Crosby was one from five from the field. And listen, I know we're talking a lot about what the Packers did wrong. And like, we, we've tried to illuminate everything that the Lions have said that have gone right. But this is just reality. The Packers did a lot of things wrong. And again, to the credit of the Lions, they clean up on those, on those opportunities. They do what they're supposed to. They do, as the old grizzled wizard would say, they did their job. So I want to talk about the more the funny things. And again, Mason Crosby, one for five on the day, which... Like, I mean, my God, you just kept see- after like the first three he missed, you saw him being trotted out there again by McCarthy. And I was just like, I, I felt bad for him at that point because it's like now you're just putting him in. a. He's, this guy's cl- clearly got the yips and you're putting him in these positions to just keep getting more and more punishment. And yeah, I, I, I just I couldn't take it. I, I have no idea why they trotted him out for that 56 yarder. 
late in the game because not only were you certain that he was going to miss it, but that gives the Lions really good field position to to go up another score. I don't think they ended up doing it, but it just it was a weird play call. And so I want to add to the fruit basket too. And I know this isn't technically just a plain fruit, but I I, I love yogurt covered raisins, and I feel like you know they they go well with your own tears. You know, you can mix, mix the sweet with the salty there. And uh, I think it will really help him out this week. We, we've talked a lot about Mason being a reliable kicker. I mean, at least, I mean, Ryan, let's get the fantasy element in here. Like, this is a horror day for anyone who has Mason Crosby in fantasy. But I usually, because I play fantasy a little bit sometimes, usually when I'm drunk, that, you know, he's usually one of the more reliable kickers in fantasy. Like, what was what was going on here? Totally. I the the thing that I always look for when I'm trying to pick out a daily fantasy kicker or even in my fantasy leagues is I always go for the controlled situations. I mean, it wasn't like the wind was whipping inside right. Ford Field. This is a dome. We're we're enclosed. Like unless somebody turned on the air conditioning, like Mason Crosby missing from 41, 42, 38, 56, like I'm totally with Jeremy. Like why on God's earth did they trot out Mason Crosby to be like, "All right, you missed <laughs> You missed three of the like very like makeable kicks in the NFL. Go redeem yourself with the 56 yarder. I didn't know if that if that was them trying to like, you know, be like, hey, Mason, we still have full faith in you guy. Right. He's probably out there like, dude, have you seen the day that I'm having guys? You want me to do this? <laughs> and, the th- and the thing that the thing that drove me most batty is during commentary. I Is, is it Tom Brennan or Brenneman? Brenneman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. See, I, I forget his name because he's worthless. He is such a knob. Like this guy is such a zero. I cannot stand him. Yeah. It, it was just, it was a bunch of terabad on commentary. Like um, when the lions now, okay, I'll, I'll get into it in a minute, but Brenneman, like when Aaron Rodgers goes over and he like, he kind of goes over and he just like puts his arm around Mason Crosby after he misses the 56 yarder. And Brenneman's just like, now that is a guy who is, looking out for his teammate like he's going over there to support him i was like aaron Rodgers going over there to be like it was nice knowing you mace like you should probably (laughs) put together your linkedin profile you should have that updated um it was really nice knowing you you're just the latest in the nfc north kickers who will not stick around from week to week let me let me make sure i've got all this tape right so he gets a wide left he hits the right crossbar i mean the right square the right, the right post, oh, right. another wide left. Then he hits the left, the left uh, upright. Like, and I think if you hit both in the same game, you should get like thirty points. You get like multi ball, like <laughs> yeah, you get a multi ball. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has to throw two balls, and he can get two <laughs> touchdowns with Devontae Adams. And then the extra point. I think this is the extra point here. Yeah, this was the one that goes. Ooh, another. So he kept. He was going off to left nearly the entire day. No wait, that one that one was to the right. I think I I whatever he missed it. Whatever he he the point is he misses stuff. But but I think the one thing that we do need to make note of is when they trotted him out there for the forty-one yard field goal with two seconds left, like just to maybe like boost his boost his confidence at the end of the game. Like the Bronx cheers that you could hear through the TV. Like when Mason Crosby made that field goal, like that like rivaled like Eric Ebron Bronx cheers. Yeah, like I, I was saying this all day. Ford Field is probably the weirdest place to play if you're not accustomed to it. I, I will say this about Lions fans at this point, and people don't believe me when I say Ford Field's a tough place to play, but it is. It's a dome. It's like everything's on top of you. It's really loud in there. 
They've had some like Monday Night Football reporters in there that have shown you on decibel meters how loud it can be in there. It's just the key is that it's also really easy to to manipulate this Lions crowd because some of these Lions fans out there have seen some shit and they're not just <laughs> going to cheer mindlessly. If the Lions are playing bad, they will let you know and they will boo you as they were in what I am now calling the third quarter. Oh, jeez. We have to talk about the third quarter where the Lions score nothing and let the Packers come back and get two touchdowns almost just goddamn easy. And that's when the panic really started in this game. So I want to do some analysis here as we add in. I'm going to add in a melon. There's always a melon in some fruit basket. I'm going to like a cantaloupe. So it just has to be there. It has to take up space. We really have a lot of small items here. So I need to put in something big, maybe a pineapple. It's a little too, it's a little too unseasonal for a pineapple though. Yeah, but, but melons are no one likes melons. Pineapples are amazing. I like, like melons. I feel like I feel like we have to really, you know, make Mason Crosby feel better. And I think well, you know what you know what you're right because it is the extra money it takes to import Honolulu Blue has to honor Hawaii. Go. So we're gonna put go. in a pineapple. Okay, but still, like Jeremy, what the what the hell is happening to the Lions in these third quarters? Because this is this is not the only time where the Lions come out there after the half and just look like they've completely forgotten how to play football. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, to be honest. I, sample size is still pretty small here, and I don't think there's necessarily anything consistent about these slow starts in the, in the second half. To me, this was just like, okay, the Lions are kind of going prevent at this point. Um, the Packers were doing essentially what they were doing all game on offense, which was throwing the ball pretty efficiently. Aaron Rodgers was a little bit better than he was in the first half and the second half. And then also the, the injuries started piling up even more in the line secondary. Tease Tabor goes out, Jamal Agnew goes out, even, even Darius Slay went out for a little bit in the fourth quarter. And the Packers took full advantage. They, Aaron Rodgers knew that was the case. And uh, I mean, Rayvon LeBlanc is not a guy that the Lions wanted out there, I, I think, at all on, on defense, um, but had to because of injury. And uh, in, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. You know, we knew the Lions weren't going to get much of a pass rush, and when the secondary sucks too, bad things are going to happen. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers are going to throw for nearly 500 yards. and Still, but it just it feels like they made, like it looked like they made adjustments because suddenly Aaron Rodgers was finding Devontae Adams, something he wasn't doing all day. I think he was doing it all day, though. I mean, it, I mean, they just they had to abandon the running game, so they were throwing it all the time. And I think the Lions are almost fortunate that they had to abandon the running game because I don't think the Lions' run defense is any better right now. And 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 the Packers have a pretty talented running back. And if you thought you know Kerryon Johnson was getting shorted on carries, you should see what Packers fans think about Aaron Jones right now. Ryan, what what's your analysis of looking at these second halves for the Lions' games, especially with what happened? here in this game because it i mean yeah the lions win it but it they made it a lot closer i feel like than it had to be yeah i don't know if i'm gonna necessarily read too much into like the third quarter being the bugaboo quarter but i because i don't want to buy into some narrative that like the lions come out flat or you know they're not prepared coming out of the half or whatever it may be i think i think truly like i mean jeremy kind of hit the nail on the head i mean whereas the lions secondary was being so good in the first half that's where all the sacks were coming from. I mean, Chris, you yourself said, you know, Rogers had ample amount of time when he, you know, when he dropped back to throw and a lot of those sacks were coverage sacks. Um, but you know, I don't think anybody's going to be craving Craven LeBron, 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 LeBron,
God. It was it was such a bad pun that I couldn't even follow through with it. Um, but I mean, this could be a legitimate problem, could it not? I mean, the Lions. It, it, it's really weird because this is the one part of the Lions defense that we thought was like deep and full of promise and was going to be like one of the best units like in the NFC. Like I thought a lot of us bought into that. You you got a guy like Darius Slay who arguably probably had like one of his worst games that we've seen from him in a while. And then also, like, this was just a really weird game because as Darius Slay struggles against Devontae Adams, who admittedly is a really good receiver, Nevin Lawson maybe has, like, one of his best games. In his career. <laughs> Nevin Lawson like, always yeah. does this. I remember last year and the year prior, he has banner games against the Packers, and I don't understand it. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, I, <laughs> like this, this game was just bizarre. And, then, I mean, we haven't even really touched on, you know, Jamal Agnew, mm-hmm. the speculation mm-hmm. around him. I mean, if the Lions lose him for you know, any extended period amount of time, that's just, it's not going to be doing him any favors. He's Tabor. I mean, Tabor, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it just, it's not looking good. And if that strength goes away from the Lions team, it does kind of leave you in a bit of worry. Just don't, don't, be, also, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised yeah. if they pick up some guys this week, I think. You want to know what also terrified me? Carry on Johnson leaving the game, you know, belts out that 24 yard run down the sideline looks like it's awesome and then he comes up with his knee looking kind of messy yeah the lines called it an ankle injury and who knows what all the uh the armchair doctors and and you know say what you will about david chow the the online nfl former doctor disgrace chargers doctor disgrace chargers doctor but he seems (laughs) to be at least somewhat accurate in his video uh diagnosis yeah video diagnosis he 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 seems to think it's not going to be a long-term thing with carry on and karen said after the game that he thought he probably could have come back in if the lines really needed him so that's probably good news but yeah this was a scary game on the injury front and the the bad part about it and you know teams deal with injuries all the time but when they pile up in one position like they have with the lines at cornerback and safety that's when it can really really hurt a team and uh, i think we saw it in the second half so would you say the bye week is coming at the perfect time? You would think so, right, Jeremy? Like, it, it seems like a good time right now with, like, Lang. Maybe Lions might get Ansa back if they can get an extra week <laughs> out of it. I know. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Let's all laugh about it. But there's, yeah, yeah Lang, Ansa. Yeah, hopefully carry on Johnson. Maybe get him, you know, fully healthy and everything because, uh, hot take, he's probably, like, the second best skill position player on the Lions. Um, but yeah, but you also don't want like the bye week to come too early in the season, right. right? Like if you're if you're if you're a player, I think I think players tend to like bye weeks when they're later in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I was in the Lions locker room today, and a lot of them seemed happy that it was a bye week, but a lot of them mentioned like, "Oh man, it's going to be a grind. Eleven games in a row. That's going to be rough." And and they're absolutely right. And and sure, it seems like a good time now because the Lions are, are beat up after this game, but you know this sort of thing can happen any week. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions beat up even more later in the season in November. And they're probably going to wish they had it then, I think. Oh, totally. Because, I mean, you think about November, it's right around the corner and you're you're playing on a short week because of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they play the Bears twice in 11 games later in this schedule. And they're not even back-to-back games. Yeah. Bizarre. <sighs> yeah, I just, I, I think you're right as far as, as far as the bye week. It is coming a little early, like, 
it's weird. The Bears had their bye week this week, too. There's just some teams that are getting them really, really early in the year. And it's like reading bye weeks before we even know what some of these teams are. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and I think that's where we're going to jump off from this game to talk. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, Bear, Bear, I mean, Lions Packers here. Uh, anything else to add to this fruit basket? I feel, I feel bad. We've added like two pieces of fruit, some yogurt covered things, and uh, some whiskey. It's a really sad, pathetic gift basket we're sending to him. Can I That's throw a- something in there? Sure. I would like to throw some Kyle Yost fruit salad in there. <laughs> fruit oh. salad. That's that's that was the joke I made with my friend John. I told him we're going to send him some fruit salad. So you know what, we would be remiss. And look, that's how we get our cantaloupe and melon in there. You're welcome. Yep. All right. For this next segment, uh, I, I hate to be the guy to throw this break because I know that's you. But uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the positive things about the lines, and then I got story time. Story time from the press box. That plus a little bit more around the. I think maybe just a quick look at the NFC North while we can. Because, uh, yeah, we are going to bye week. We're going to have some fun stuff for the bye week. Stick around. POD cast coming right back. And Pride of Detroit, POD cast continues right along. How are you doing, my lovelies? Let's talk some more stuff. Uh, Jeremy, you wanted to take lead on this, so by all means, go ahead. Step up and well, try to host. Okay, well, before before we jump into story time from the press box, which I think should become its own segment, and I even have ideas for, for theme music, which usually means it's a bad segment, but uh, I, I just want to talk- work for me. <laughs> well, maybe one of our fellow listeners can create something. I know we have some creative minds out there. Uh, but anyways, I just want to talk about some individual performances because I feel like we glossed over some, I mean, we we barely mentioned Kenny, Kenny Galladay's name, and he. I was going to say, yeah, he did the most disrespectful thing a Lions receiver has done since butt flip. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about him and Haha Clinton Dix. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, because that stiff arm was filthy, and for some reason, Haha Clinton Dix went on Instagram in, in Kenny Galladay's mentions who like seems like the most mild-mannered person at all. He doesn't talk with the media. He's a very quiet guy in general. And but he bought I, his mom a fucking Bentley. He did. But Kenny Galladay goes on Instagram, posts a, a picture of him just making Kenny Galladay eat his fingers. Eat, eat a W, essentially. Like, he's freaking Jameis Winston. And haha, Clinton Dix gets in his mentions and says, Bit, I'm going to chop your ass next time, long-ass dinosaur wings. <laughs> throws up a middle finger emoji and exclamation points that's good that's the chippy stuff i like no yeah. I, I don't i think they're i think they're just fooling around there oh I think absolutely that's exactly it i don't want lions fans to go hunt down ha clinton dicks call him a bat a sore loser or nothing they're just having fun but like that's that's great that's wonderful i love that but i mean that play the stiff arm was maybe it was so good, but it might have been the second best thing about that play. That's how good that play was because <laughs> he elevated like Kelvin Johnson. Like, let's just let's not beat around the bush here. That was a Kelvin Johnson-esque catch that he made on that play. And then he got up, stuffed his fingers in, in Clinton Dix's nose and just was off to the races at that point. He's, dude, as excited as I am about on Johnson, I might actually be more about 
Kenny Galladay right now because I think he is potential to be a top ten receiver this year. I think those two. I think those two are pretty much probably the best two pickups as far as this offense. As far as you know, we're talking about. We were talking last week about what's going to happen with Golden Tate, his contract extension, what's going to eventually happen with Marvin Jones. What are we doing in in kind of interior receiving? Having having Kenny Galladay is, is a big deal there, and as so is having Carryon Johnson to finally have some fucking round game out here and i'm starting to swear a bit so let's get on to story time speaking of swearing oh we didn't want to go anywhere else anyone else want to talk about individual performances yeah baby i do oh, okay go let ahead. me let me speak to spotify for a second here now i want to talk <laughs> about kenny galladay because the thing that i thought was super interesting is that kenny galladay has 40 targets through five games like the only lions receiver who has more targets than him is golden tate and this is the guy who's like the de facto screen uh, short crossing routes, things like, you know, things of that nature uh, type receiver. I, I just think it's so interesting that he's like, you know, clearly becoming one of Matthew Stafford's favorite targets. So I don't want to say the writing on is on the wall for Golden Tate because they're two different receivers. Galladay's more of an outside guy, clearly. But the the Lions can move forward and, and they can not not replace Golden Tate, but they can they can find somebody to do something that's replicable to to what he does. Um, while focusing on getting the ball to guys like carry on Johnson and getting the ball to, you know, guys like Kenny Galladay. So, um, but that was standing like the, the other player that I wanted to talk about um, on the defensive side of the ball was our buddy. Now I, I, I really want to make sure that I get this right because he had two sacks in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming that you're going to say the right person, yes. Yes, it was Romeo Aquara, right? There you go. Yes. Like, I, I'm i super stoked that, like, the Lions now, by any means, like, the defensive line is not a, it's not a, it's not a, like, a feather in the Lions cap. Like, it is not one of their crown jewels in, in their crown. Like, the, it's not anything to write home about. Like, it has, like, so much work that needs to be done. And it seems like it's such a variance each week. Like, I mean, we like we, you were talking about in Slack when you were looking at the snap counts, Jeremy, like Sylvester Williams got one one snap. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is also a team that at the beginning of the season, Ashawn Robinson was a healthy scratch. And now he's clearly a starting defensive tackle. Yep. He's playing much better, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and maybe maybe it just took him a little bit longer to get accustomed to the system, you know, do the things that they wanted him to do. But a guy like Romeo Aquara he played he played 73 snaps the dude has played 80 percent of snaps 80 percent of snaps and 90 percent of the snaps in this game and he was a pickup after the regular season started this is a yeah guy we were all freaking out about that stuff so that's yes. does anyway. anyone miss anthony zettel right now anyone who and you were that was your boy too, and now you're saying who? No, 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 no. I he wasn't my boy. I just like that he punched trees. <laughs> I mean, Romeo Carr yeah. hasn't been playing outstanding, but the fact that he's taking on the bulk of like 80% of, of defensive plays on the defensive line is an insane number for anybody. And Dominican Sue wasn't getting those numbers. And so the fact that he's playing that with only a basic knowledge of the system is is flat out amazing. Anything else here? I've got nothing else from my end, so I think I mentioned all the names I wanted to. So I mean, we briefly mentioned Deshaun Hand. I'm not going to go long on him. I'm just going to say that he he's he played well, so much better than I expected. 
And and one last name, real short, real quick and to the point, Jared Davis not playing terrible, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Playing adequately, you might say. <laughs> that sure. works. All right. I've been wanting to get on to story time. Give me story time. Give me, give me, give okay. me. Okay. I kind of, uh, my, my idea for a theme song was that we'd go with like running with the devil, except I'd go stories from the press box. You're wow. right. It does suck. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. No, but if you go, if you go with just like that version of that song where it's just the audio and none of the music playing in the background, it'd be perfect. Anyway, let's get onto it because I don't like to talk about my time in the press box that often because I feel like I'm bragging of some sort. But so after the week one game, I think we mentioned down here, like I made out a little Yelp when Quandre Diggs had the pick six to start the game. And I felt embarrassed about it because it was my first time in a regular season press box. That was kind of cheering. I thought it was unprofessional. But my God, this game. There was this set of Packers, uh, you know, employees or, or whatever in front of me cheering like crazy the entire game. And I, I shouldn't say cheering because during the first half, they were not cheering. They were slamming their fists on the ground. They were yelling at the rest. God, that's holding. That's holding. I'm like, should I should I tell someone about this? This is like I'm I'm a rookie here. I'm not going to go and tattle on someone, but this is kind of ridiculous. Don't be a narc. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be the narc in general, but I'm like wow, is this, is this how it works? I mean, I in, back in Jets week, there were some guys clapping, but this is kind of ridiculous. And it just kept, kept getting worse and worse. And as the Packers started getting more in the game, they started getting louder and louder and like audibly clapping, like not like, oops, I let out clap, like, <laughs> like super loud. And, you know, they're starting to draw attention from people and just like what's going on and and so my buddy eric schlitt from lines who who's been my seatmate uh while we're at the games he he eventually goes up to the little placard up there and is like i gotta see who these guys are um and they have like a little denote like it says pod riceman for me and so he goes up there and he's like just says packers that's kind of weird He's like, maybe they're scouts for the team. That would explain a little bit. I'm like, yeah, maybe, or maybe they write for Packers.com. I don't know. So Eric and I, like, we start getting a little annoyed by this. So we we start being, like, a little bit disrespectful to them, like, doing a little bit of, like, fake clapping on our own and kind of, like, staring them down when they're doing that. And, you know, after the Lions convert that third and 11 to basically put the line, the game away, they leap. They book it. They, they don't think Aaron Rodgers has a chance to bring the team back. They're done. We kind of glare at them as they walk by, and that was it. But I'm I'm curious about what happened, what just transpired. Cause I'm like, this is weird. I've never seen oh my God. someone so unprofessional. Shut the hell up. Let me finish my story. Get to it. So we get, I get into the press <laughs> box today and I get into the press room today and I was going to talk about some, talk about it with some of the press writers. Cause I'm not sure if they are even aware of it happened. They're kind of on the opposite of the press room. I'm like, I was going to be like, Hey, you know, is this normal? The weight team's kind of being unprofessional like that. And I run into Chris Burke from The Athletic. He's already talking about it. It wasn't Packers writers. It wasn't Packers scouts. It was their front office. It was their general manager and president right there in front of us in the press box, oddly enough. And I learned from the lines that apparently they just didn't put in a request for a uh, 
for a booth of their own. So they just threw them in there with the press box and dudes were freaking out the entire game. And I'm so much happier now that we would kind of disrespect them a little bit, knowing that they were part of the, the Packers organization. I mean, I'm sure they didn't even notice, but it felt good knowing afterwards that Brian Kunitz, Brian Kunitz or whatever, uh, their general manager was, uh, was the one freaking out. And I just, I thought that was a fun story and maybe I took too long to tell it, but fuck you guys. Ryan, do we need to make short story time with him a little shorter next time? No, I thoroughly enjoyed everything about that story. Oh, come on. Spotify's going to be the shark. <laughs> Speaking of stories, do we I'm have just, anything from Wally? We don't have anything from Wally except that his LG tablet malfunctioned and his <laughs> his son his Sunday fantasy football was thrown into a complete loop. Like I received a phone call from him that said, hey, do you think it's a good deal to pay $28 a month for 20 months to get an iPad? And I was like, you probably shouldn't do that. You should just look at the scores on your phone. Wonderful. One more note here that I have before we move on to uh, the, the mailbag. And in spite of my just sigh to get Jeremy to go a little faster, I did enjoy story time. So uh, what's going to happen with the NFC North? I know it's too early, but I mean, Still, somehow, inexplicably, the Lions remain at the... I mean, maybe not so inexplicably. The Lions remain at the bottom of the NFC North. The Packers, of course, fall to 2-2-1. Same with the Minnesota Vikings, who beat the Eagles. Uh, And then the Bears, who are on by, are still at 3-1. and And yet, somehow, even though the Packers lost, I was talking with Rob Zaglinski, who is our friend and enemy from Windy City Gridiron, has his own ventures now, but... We're, and you're going to hear from him later in the season when we start playing, when the Lions start playing the Bears. But I, we, him, he and I still think that probably the safest bet is that the Packers might win this division. Even after a game like today, we just, it just feels like that. It just feels like you, you're not going to get too many opportunities to see Aaron Rodgers as down as he was. I think, I think there's some truth to that. I think he'll play a lot better when he's a lot healthier. So maybe by the time the buy rolls around. I mean, there's no guarantee he gets healthier if he can. No, 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 it, absolutely. But uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's a tough situation in the NFL right now. There's just not a lot of great teams out there. I, I threw it out there on Twitter right now. There are, I mean, depending on what happens in this Monday night game and we're recording right now during it, there are only four teams in the NFC that have more wins than the Lions right now. Everyone else has two or fewer, two wins or fewer. So, I mean, the Lions are right in this thing. Just And just because the Lions have not looked great through five weeks, and I think they even looked pretty flawed this week, uh, you know, there, there's flaws all around, and, and especially so in the NFC North. And I don't I, – I couldn't, I couldn't even pick a favorite right now. I, I think I might actually go with Minnesota, but that might just be leftover optimism from last year. I, I, I don't know. I was going to say, because like, yeah, Minnesota's had had kind of the, the recent work and yet nothing they're, they've been doing this year has made me think very right. positively of them. It's just, yeah. it's just I, what it is. I just don't think their defense is going to continue to be that bad. And I think they played pretty well uh, against, was it the, not the Seahawks? Who was it yesterday? <laughs> oh, the Eagles. They the played Eagles, the Eagles, Eagles. that's right. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, your defending Super Bowl champions do not look that good right now at, 20, at two and three, but like, they just have had some pretty bad games. And then, like, I hate to say this because, like, I'm going to get you guys yelling we own the Bears, and Ryan will probably yell at me for this. But, well, like, 
I know the Bears are on a bye, but like I, I'm looking at their games right now. I'm looking what they have ahead of them. And we're going to talk more of this probably on our bye week podcast. But I, they, that, that, those couple of games they have in hand, like they are, they're, they're looking pretty right now, at least, at least for the foreseeable month or so. I mean, the real, here's the thing the real test comes when the division games come. Right now, they're 0 and 1 in the division. That, that can't continue, obviously, if they re- if they seriously want to contend for the norm. Yeah, and and that and, and granted, though, that loss was like their complete co- collapse against Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. But yes, true. But I mean, it, it was also the start of a trend that we've seen a little bit with this Bears team early, which is hot mm-hmm. start offensively, and then they they drop off. And so, outside of last week's game, where Mitchell Trubisky had a game he that he drop a nuclear weapon on Tampa Bay, I don't I don't think he'll ever have a game that good again. But we we've seen. Uh, they Trubisky. do play the Bills. The Bills defense is good. True, and they are playing in Buffalo in early November too. So yeah, enjoy that. I know the Lions traveled to Buffalo in December too, but uh, I don't know what's what's your take, Ryan, on the NFC North. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's open, and and the reason I say it's open is because. Minnesota is dealing with a whole host of problems. They can't protect Kirk Cousins at all whatsoever. So, I mean, if the Lions, you know, in in terms of like how these teams all match up with the Lions, like the Lions did a really good, they did a big time good. You know, they went to the potty all by themselves on the toilet <laughs> by beating the Packers. Like going, like starting, starting off your divisional play one and oh is, is a big step in the right direction. Now, like, I think a lot of their season is going to be defined by how well they play in the division. Like losing to the Jets early on sucked, but I I just think that with the division being so open, Aaron Rodgers injured, who knows if he'll get right? Who knows if the rest of their roster will get right? You know, the bears can only play so much defense. You know, Mitchell Trubisky has to be Mitchell Trubisky at some point. And, you know, like I said, the Vikings, the Vikings, I think are still the team like in the division, but they are much more beatable than than I think people had anticipated. They thought Kirk Cousins was going to be a little bit more than that, but you got to be able to protect your quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Offensive line play is killing them. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're getting to mailbag time. It's time for more mail, 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 mail. Here's the mail. We'll be right back. Mail time, hashtag AskPOD, as always, to get your questions in on Twitter.com. Jeremy, we I think we said we had a backlog of reviews. Do we have those uh, little extra reviews up? Yep, I got. We, we still have three more to go. I'll read two of Ooh, them and save wonderful. one for next week. Um, also, should mention that last week's the demand that I sing Shakira every time the Lions win. Well, the Lions did win. I'll see if you I know. can fit in during the mailbag. We'll see. Uh, our first review comes from someone named me three six three six six eight eight five says it's adequate but gives us five stars best overall lions podcast great insight as well as great perspective on the team pods often go on tangents but they are always worth a listen by the way pizza is a sandwich daring us to go off on a tangent again i feel but, uh, i feel violent. i'll let that slide <laughs> 
Second review comes from Brett Yoder, one, two, three, four, four stars. That's so pretty solid. Says the host seems like, seems to be like your one friend who swears a ton when he's with the group of people because he thinks it makes him look cool. You no, I don't cool. do it because I it makes me look cool. It's because I have anxiety and craziness and just it's hard for me to focus. It's because on no, it's because you are cool. Anyways, skip the wayback machine and list cast each time they're doing each time they're both really long and droning. Other than that, this is the best Lions podcast, hands down, during the season. Their analysis is top-notch, and the other guys keep it fun. Well, I don't like that guy because he doesn't like our fun stuff. <laughs> well, it's probably worth mentioning now that now that we're on the bye week, we might do a couple of the fun stuff that, that some people may oh, find yeah. long and droning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listcast is coming back next week. Yeah, we might do a midday list cast. We might do one next week. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll obviously have first bite the following week, um, but we might mix that in with a regular podcast. We're still figuring out, but just just so you're being aware, there's going to be a little bit of silliness in between now and the next Lions game. What do you think we should do as for a list cast, Ryan? I think we should we should list cast the best podcasts on Spotify through the box. <laughs> Something something podcast network. I don't know what it's called. How about the best fruit basket options? Which I think no, I think it's, I think we need another one to add to the pile. It's, it's too got... early. It's too early to bring Kyle Yost back. We got to wait about a month. <laughs> we we only bring him out at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because we're so thankful for him. Let's get to the questions. We're going to start with a very pressing Lions related one from Gandalf the Honolulu Blue. <laughs> Can people stop calling Kenny Galladay Baby Tron? It's Kenny G, right? Absolutely. It is 100% Kenny G. I think Anybody we need a better nickname him... than Kenny G. Well, I mean, we can work on it, but it's definitely not Baby Tron. Yeah, I there there's no such there's no such Decepticon named Baby Tron. And I, I don't know, Baby Tron seems insulting on many levels. Like I don't know. I I'm not even going to get into it. Baby Tron is not a thing. Don't make it a thing. If you're listening to this podcast and you think Babytron is is a good nickname, then please unsubscribe. Sorry. Well, it kind of it kind of insinuates that he'll like never mature, right? In, into yeah. like being as good as Megatron, which right. that's not the case. I no. mean, if he ever becomes Calvin Johnson, holy crap! But come on, they're different players. Can I just say, if we're gonna go with any other Decepticon besides Megatron, maybe like Shockwave or something? Hmm. No. See, we I have to we have I to dig back into our Hasbro toys. That feels that feels more of like a Marshawn Lynch type of runner. Shockwave. I mean, I know that's it's like the first one that comes to mind because I think didn't Shockwave wasn't he the one that like transformed into like a, a tape deck and stuff or like I, a panther or something? I was probably like negative six when Transformers <laughs> were popular. So, <laughs> um, but what about what about Galladay Inn? I can't take you guys on these dumb puns, man. Holy crap. <laughs> I, see, Galladay, in, it, it almost feels like Revis Island. So, like, you can say cornerbacks get stuck on stuck in in the Galladay Inn. Or Continental Breakfast right. just got served to that guy in the Galladay Inn. <laughs> I love puns, even when they're uh, terrible. Damn it. Okay, let's get another question here. Let's take this one from Will McPhee. How much better are the Rams offensive skill position players than the Lions? 
not much. I I really don't think that I I mean we, we can run down the list. I think I would definitely take the Lions receivers over the Rams receivers. Really? I think so. I mean I think so too. I mean I, it's it's close. I mean Cooper Cup is really showed how good he was yesterday. He was really good against the Seahawks. Yeah, until he got knocked out with a concussion. Yeah, I no, I thought that was Brandon Cooks that got knocked out. Both uh, of them did. Yeah, they both really? did. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, but here's the thing, like of the, I mean, obviously you'll, you'll take Todd Gurley all day, every day. Um, but I think when it comes to the receivers, like I'm definitely going to take the Lions receivers over the Rams receivers. I'll probably take the Rams tight ends just because I'm not sure if the Lions have tight ends. We don't. Spoiler alert, we don't. Yeah, I didn't think so. I'm I'm going to do an investigative, investigative piece on during the bye week because I'm, I think you guys are right, but I got to I got to double check. Well, Will Will McPhee does follow up with this with another question. He's one of these guys who leaves us like four or five questions. He says, "Actually, why not make Tease Tabor a small tight end? <laughs> Whatever will get him on the field at this point." Yeah, seriously. Like I I don't even I don't. We're, we're gonna have to eventually do an investigation on what's going on with Tease's playing time. Well, I think he was he was going to play a lot in this game had he not gotten injured. I mean, I think he still played, what, like yeah. 20, 30 snaps in this game. Um, well, well, obviously, it depends on the availability of these some of the, some of these other guys. But, yeah, Tabor had 32 snaps before he got injured. So, yeah, um, we'll see. Kilgore Trout 87 asking us, what are your favorite Michigan craft beers? Which ones? So, you know, Michigan has a ton of craft breweries and cider houses. He asks, which one does the POD crew love the most? Well, I can tell you what's number one with a bullet for me, but I want to hear the others before I give my top three impromptu in a list cast. Do you want me to start? I can start. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 I'm not, I don't have answers. I, I don't drink enough Michigan craft beers to have answers. Founders oh. is pretty good from what I hear. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've got also, specific. I've got specific ones, but go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say, Jeremy, you have you haven't been home long enough either, and you haven't been enough to enough Griffins games yet. So, um, oh boy. the the beer that I'm really into when it like starts to turn fall weather, which it was 81 degrees today in Michigan. I hate this state sometimes. <laughs> um, I can't wait till we finally turn the corner and we finally get some colder weather because my favorite Founders beer is uh, Backwoods Bastard real tasty stuff um and it's just one of those beers that you drink when you're when you're bundled up and you're all cozy and you're ready to fall asleep it's it's really good that that's like my seasonal beer right now like well i mean what once the weather starts to turn but other than that i mean there's there's some other beers too but what do you what do you got for me chris so I've got my top three here. All of them, one one from each of the of probably what I think are the three best breweries in Michigan: Atwater, Founders, and Bell's. So I mean, there's probably some other good ones out there. I just haven't. These are just the ones that I've had. I've had those three brewers. So I'm going to start with uh, Atwater at number three. And like I've, I, I used to really like IPAs, but I've kind of moved on towards being more about. Uh, I don't know, spiced beers and Belgians and that kind of stuff. So it's going to show here. So, I mean, Atwater, by the way, underrated as a brewery. Their Detroit Pale Ale is very good. Uh, they have a vanilla Java Porter that's really good for kind of an after-party after, after party beer. But my vote for them comes to their uh, is Dirty Blonde, which is their uh, spiced beer. It's I think it's like spiced with like coriander, orange, some other stuff. It's 
but I like it. It's my number three. Number two for me is, and yes, I know this is probably too much of a cop-out answer, but I like it. It's a size on. Screw you guys. I happen to like my summer beers. Oberon from Bell's. Like, just classic. Utter classic. But number one for me on my list cast, and for the person who hates list cast, I'm sorry, you can go you can go find something else to do in this time. It's one that our own Alex Reno knows very, very, <laughs> very well. But it all but I mean, even if he didn't know it that well, to the point of having six of them and throwing up on, on a Skype call, uh, I would I would still like it because I love Scotch Ale and I think this is probably my favorite domestic Scotch Ale. Uh, founder's dirty bastard. I don't know. I don't know what's all. I've never had a backwoods bastard, but dirty bastard. I really enjoy. Ooh, see the, the, the cool thing about the backwoods bastard though, is that, so it's your, it's your scotch ale, but it's also like a wee heavy. So it's aged in, um, uh, like Oak bourbon barrels. And it has this, like, it has, has this like kind of like caramel finish to it. It's, Mm. it's super tasty. So it's not, you don't necessarily get like um, the the bitterness doesn't necessarily come across. I mean, I, I enjoy the Dirty Bastard as well, but the the Backwoods Bastard is just a little bit more of a um, it's just a little bit sweeter, like a sweeter, smokier finish than the yeah. The that's dirty fine. Bastard. I I mean, dirty. I mean, dirty tends to be creamy for me. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just been a minute, but uh, yeah, like it's whatever. Do either one. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Shorts too. They have a lot of they have a lot of good beers too. Um, I actually like a lot of their stuff. They're they're they did a uh, they did a teamed uh, with uh, Lagunas La, La, Lagunitas. Yeah, it's Lagunitas. A yeah, California from, brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, um, and they also have one I think in Chicago too. So uh, they did like a um a team a team beer called like it's like a passion fruit uh, grass like IPA. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. sounds good sounds really good um let's get this one here from angry hippos what is with you know no lie he titles this one no lions no problems talking about he's still going to watch some nfl games but he asks us what is one bold prediction from each member of the pod cast crew that they that we have for week six of nfl football oh god i don't even know the matchups let me pull up the <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, um, I think, let me make sure, let me make sure the Rams are still playing because I'm going to say either the Chiefs or the Rams will lose week six. Rams, Broncos. Oh no, the Rams are winning that one. Chiefs, Patriots. <sighs> um, Don't you yeah. dare. You know who's going to win that game. <laughs> I, I love Patty Mahomes, man. I we, love him so much. Yeah, and we must protect him at all costs. He throws those two interceptions against the Jaguars, and everybody wants to lose their minds, but they still they housed him at home, and Blake Bortles looked like a double agent. Blake Bortles threw for like 400-some yards and had, I think, yeah, me and, me and Jeremy were looking this up beforehand. Blake Bortles threw for in that game. Let me pull up the box score again. I'm kind of getting to it. He threw 430 yards, averaging seven yards, and he had a QBR of 16.2 and a passer rating of 54.7. He threw a football off of his offensive lineman's helmet when he was not even aiming for him at all whatsoever. Blake Bortles was so actually bad. I almost feel some sympathy for Jaguars fans because their defense is so incredible and they're stuck with Blake Bortles as their quarterback. I would like that. That almost seems like a personal hell. Does it not yeah, like, like I mean, that would be a lions fans personal hell. Would it not? 
Yeah, like go over and look at Big Cat Country, our Jaguars blog sometime, because like I know like who was it? Alfie uh, and a few of their other writers have just had this terrible schism between them and between Jaguars fans over what to do with Blake Bortles. And it happened well before this. It happened back when Bortles somehow played himself back into being the starting quarterback during the playoffs last year. And I think that that's that that's a sin they're going to keep paying for for a while. Bold prediction, the Dolphins pick off, pick off Mitchell Trubisky five times. Uh, ooh, bold prediction. The Browns are going to move to 3-2-1. and one. Over the Chargers. At home. How about I that? Love, I love the Browns winning. The, the Browns, Browns winning. Are... Yeah, that, that's a good feeling. Even though their end zone looked like Freddy Krueger's sweater, like... <laughs> Their jersey, I like the brown jerseys. Like those actually work, but I don't know. That's that. They don't have natural grass there. They no, they can't have natural grass in that stadium, do they? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. But that's what I mean. Like you're calling it Freddy Krueger sweater. I'm just imagine you're saying it's beat up. But oh no no no! Like it looks. It literally had like the same like color stripes as like oh okay sweater. Okay. Yeah, it was it was weird. Okay, here's another one. Are the Bengals going to win? Because they might be the best team in the AFC North, but they're playing this and they're playing the Steelers at home. They came back like gangbusters yesterday, man. Like they uh, like the, was, the, the the yeah the Dolphins were kind of giving them the one two punch and they were working them over a little bit, and then the Bengals just like they decided to flip the switch. And when, when their defense is playing well, which shocker, Terrell Austin. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know when they start rolling. Like it's I don't know. Joe Mixon is playing well i mean i hate his guts but he's he's playing he's playing good football well you know who's also playing well is james connor for pittsburgh and that was probably the worst pick i made last week taking trying to take the falcons plus four and a half over the steelers and the falcons got routed man falcons are not good but the steelers aren't back either let's not yeah no no they just beat up on a bad atlanta squad so james connor is playing very very well this year he is. I, I also want to reiterate that Joe Mixon sucks. But oh, yeah, he really sucks. Yeah. The Browns The Browns have as many wins as the Steelers, though, right? Or they have more wins? Uh, no, the same. They're both, they same both same have two wins. They both have two wins. I think they both have the same win-loss record. Are they both 2-2-1? Two, two, and one? Uh, Maybe? I think so. Yeah, because they tied. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the Browns have more wins than the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's right. That's the, the Falcons are one and four right now, and they suck. Yeah. I can't believe they went to a Super Bowl not long ago. That's what happens when injuries happen, man. They had a lot of crucial guys go down. Yeah. Ten-second runoff curse. Perfect. Super Bowl being up super big. I can't remember the score anymore. Saints are playing right now. We could ask the Saints. What? 28-3. 28-3. Thank you. Maybe I should get it tattooed. Uh, J. Jones, 164. Last time we made the playoffs, we started one and three and finished nine and seven with eight fourth quarter comes backs. Um, sorry, I started reading this. I, I think I had the wrong question here. No, no offense to Jay Jones, 164. Um, it's just it's kind of stuff we usually talk about in the middle of here. Uh, he wants to ask, what are the odds Detroit gets hot after the bye week and gives us optimism again? I mean, the schedule is a little bit nicer. I think Dolphins are a great team to come back to. 
Seattle, not the team that they used to be, and you're getting them at home instead of in Seattle. I, th- I think the Lions could realistically win both those games, but I think I think we're going to be living on the edge every week. I think I think this team is going to be a lot like the team was last year in that we don't know what version we're going to get. Sometimes they're going to look really good against the Steelers team and still come up short. Sometimes a Bengals team will be able to beat them or, you know, like a Jets team, let's say. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this team's just going to be a little too inconsistent and not good enough on defense to to really string together, you know, 10 wins this season. But they're going to be competitive every week. I'm not budging for my 8-8 eight eight prediction right now. I'm not budging for mine either. Um, two more here. Jimmy asking us, Lions are getting sacks, but seemingly getting zero pressure on the quarterback, the majority of dropbacks. Is this concerning? Uh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, yeah it's concerning. Totally concerning. Like, if we've done anything on this podcast, the, the thing that we've always tried to demyst- like demystify is snap, like sack numbers. Sack numbers are just so like not illustrative of how much pressure a defensive line is generating. So it's all, it's all about the hurries. It's all about the hits. Sacks are nice, but yeah, they're, they're not illustrative of the whole point. Jay-Z would not agree. Let's just hope Ziggy (laughs) can can come back. Ziggy, not Hove. I I want Hove to come back. No, no, Hove is gone. No, Hope is not washed. He's growing out his afro. He's clearly in album mode. I think he drops an album before the end of the year. I leave, I listen to Jesus and Marrow. I listen to Jesus and Marrow. Hove is washed. No. He's, I mean, he's he's up there. He's up there watching watching their babies and just like not getting the respect. It doesn't on, work Ryan. like in Lions football where once you have a baby you actually get a lot better. Ryan, can you elaborate on this? Will Hove get better? Hove, uh, I mean, he's already great. So, I mean, he can't really get better. He's already legendary status. Okay. His that last is when... album was incredible. <laughs> I'm going to admit, it's been a long time since I listened to Jay-Z or even thought about him. It, it's a bummer, though. If you're listening to us on Spotify right now, I'm going to keep pumping this. I love this. But anyways, if you're listening on Spotify, you can't jump over and listen to Jay-Z stuff. That's why Jeremy said we need to get on title. However, if we get on title, does that mean... Jay-Z and I are best friends or no? No. Definitely coworkers. You get to show up in in one of those commercials where they talk, where they sit at a really long table and talk about what great influencers they are. Last question here from Megan Nisbet, who actually dumped this one in, I believe uh, on, no, 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 this was on the seventh. Okay. Uh, Who is the real Showtime? Is it Golden Tate or is it Patrick Mahomes? Don't do this to me. Come on, Ryan. Let's hear your answer. All right, here's the thing. Patty Mahomes' nickname should not be Showtime because that was already Tate's. Patrick Mahomes, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of um Sherlock Mahomes. You like these dumb <laughs> puns for names and I hate you for it. Ever ever talk crap about my By the way, by the way, Ryan, have you heard have you heard cuz I just heard him the other week. Have you heard what Patrick Mahomes sounds like? I I can only imagine that it sounds like the voice of an angel. No, it sounds like people have said it sounds like Alex Jones fucking Kermit the Frog. Stop it. He sounds like Ed Orgeron's son. Okay, I kind of like this. I, I, I much prefer the second description. It sounds like he's he just ate a giant bowl of chili at all times. Well, you know what? That chili's probably pumping his arm full of whatever fuel it needs to be able to throw a hundred yards in the air. I'm sending you, I'm sending you videos after we're done here of Patrick Mahomes talking. 
I don't want him. I don't want to watch him because he's perfect to me right now. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> You're going to milkshake duck him. No, no. Milkshake duck. Like, I'm not saying he's racist here, Jeremy. I just says he has a weird low, low timber, uh, but somehow growl squeaking voice. That's all. Never meet your idols, man. It, it sounds like he needs to have voice. Anyway, uh, I lied. One more question from Trevor Parcella. Am I the only one that hates this touchdown slash game-winning song forward field plays? Should it be changed to Africa by Toto? Uh, first off, Trevor, no, we are not changing from Gridiron Heroes. Theo, by the way, shout out to Theo Spite, Theo Gridiron Spite, the man who's been singing that stuff. I love Gridiron Heroes. I like that we actually have a fight song, one that actually is actually interesting, and not like all the other NFL fight songs, which are lame and boring, and you miss me with fly, fly eagles fly all the time, you bastards. That said, though, we do have some news on Toto's on the front of Toto by of Africa by Toto. You mean the fact that it's undefeated at Ford Field this year? Yeah, there's been votes. It keeps yeah. running. Yeah, I, that's good enough, right? Like, if if any of you have been to a game, you know that Toto Africa has literally been played at every game so far because they hold a contest because of us. Every week. Because, because we of did us. this. We did 1, this. One thousand percent. Like, we're not even joking. Because of us, they hold a. They throw in Africa as a song of the game request line amongst three other songs. And it has won the fan vote with at least 40% every single time. We and have I'm to so explain it at why. some point. We have to explain it at some point, but I don't know how to. I really don't know how to. There, I mean, there is no explanation. I went on Tori Petchy's podcast and tried to explain. I'm like, I don't know. We like Divine Video. The end. We liked Divine Video. We kept playing <laughs> it and the Lions kept winning. And then the Lions announced Matt Patricia on Twitter using Toto Africa. Amazing. I love how much that is spread. It just, it's a meme. It's, it's meme culture. Meme created reality. That's what it is. We might write about it at some point. Ryan, you want to weigh in on either of these songs? Patrick Mahomes is perfect, okay? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. Uh, I mean, I just feel like I had confidence that if I got in the game, I would make some stuff work. I would be efficient, and I can make some plays happen. Uh, but uh, as I've kind of built, I've learned that you have to keep learning every single day. I mean, you never stop learning. If you're at the beginning of your career, at the end of the career, you're always learning different ways to have success in the NFL. And I feel like as I've went throughout this year, I just helped prepare me more to be more successful in my future. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat 
from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>